I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Marshawn Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. And we'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave that dugout. We got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now fellas 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 welcome back to another episode of the farm unfiltered Bo, the myth callus that hair i'm telling you every single day i'm starting every podcast i'm starting off by talking about the hair because it is getting bro i think is the word biotin's gonna have to start sending me some money for this shit boy That's my be. We'll have to cut that. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a first time for everything. I'll tell you what. That's my be. I'll That's tell you what. Be. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, let's just roll. So, <laughs> in any case, we, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the big things you want to jump on and, you know, kind of we're talking about off air um, is just that, again, that I had, it's a cool conversation, right? Uh, I got to sit down with someone that had some different views than, you know, we did on, on a lot of the hitting stuff and maybe yep. came from like a different camp, as you would say. Um, right. And we got to sit down and like, you know, kind of just like discuss ideas and, uh, you know, just really discuss, um, you know, uh, a lot of concepts that, you know, everything makes sense. I think in, in large, everything makes sense. Uh, people's decisions make sense when you understand the other, you know, the foundational Right. Underneath it or what led them to that. Right. So like, it's not going from a to Z, right. You're, you're, you're literally get to walk across that path of like a B B point two, sure. B point three C yep. B point one, right. Like CD and all the way where you get to that, this area where they currently are now. Right. And then you can kind of understand a lot more how they got there. Because again, I was explaining to him as well is that if someone would have came to me, you know, three years ago and just said, the things that again, a lot of the things and how I teach now, it wouldn't have made any sense. I remember, uh, for example, like when I, um, the first time I, I walked in eight, uh, 108 and I was watching uh, Bleak uh, queue up certain hitters, I was just like, hold on, what? Like, and I'm sure that you probably had very, some very similar uh, experiences, uh, Bo, and you know, a lot of right. the shadowing that you did there as well, like when you know, you got to shadow me quite a bit, is that right. like, it was like, whoa, like that's not how I went, that, that's not the direction that I would have went and that's not necessarily what I was seeing. Um, and that's not how I would went about, you know, like fixing it. Right. So it's just such an interesting thing that, you know, once you start seeing things from different perspectives, um, you know, obviously the end zone starts to look more clear. Right. I think, I think a lot of that too, like we've said it on the podcast a hundred times, but there's a lot of different ways to count to a hundred and there's a lot of different routes to get to the end point. And I think a lot of coaches like, the differences or the philosophies, that's just a different route to get to the end piece. And I think a lot of people that one just aren't as open-minded, they don't view it like that. It's like my route's the right route. Um, And until I really got around, right. Until I got around people that were more open-minded and willing to like listen and push the envelope and bridge that gap. I was a little bit that way as well. Like I thought I was more open-minded, but I really wasn't until one, people started challenging me. And two, I was open to listen to the other side. And I think that's kind of the disconnect between the two camps of like, I don't really want to say old school and new school, but like the people that are trying to 
push the game forward versus the people that are kind of stuck in their ways is just is 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 just that mindset of like where you are and your approach to hitting that's just another route to get there yeah i was gonna say that is that i think a a common misconception that is out there is that because if you are new school that you're open-minded i think that that is that is that is a common misconception or that if you're old school that you're closed-minded right right there's a lot of new school guys that are not open-minded to exploring a lot of old school techniques Right. Sure. And then also too, there's a lot of old school guys that have been doing one way for so long that they're not open to understanding again, what the data is saying and also trying to connect and you know collaborate on all of that stuff together. Right. right. Um, and again, it's not just, I think a common thing we also like to do is we like to paint this picture of two camps. There's only yeah. you're, you're this camp or you're this camp and that's it. You better get with it or get lost, you know, but right. like in reality, it's, you know, it's much different than just two camps, right? There is a, you know, a million different camps, right? And also too, you're, there is no, you know, again, you might identify with a lot of things from one camp. It doesn't mean that you fully agree on, on every single thing, or at least you shouldn't, right? right? No one is always right. And no one is always wrong. I've said that a couple of times. Um, but you know, that's a good foundational mindset to have is that like, again, I'm wrong all the time. Like there's things that again, I, I, I had pieces of, and realistically it comes more with the mindset of um, I'm just trying to be less wrong tomorrow. Right. right? less wrong tomorrow. I assume that I'm something I'm talking about today or something, how some way I'm thinking is wrong. Right. right? And that I want to be less wrong tomorrow, but at the same time, it's not that I have arrived and I have all the answers and this is the only way to train. And it doesn't mean that I have no answers. Right. Some people like to take that to the opposite extreme and be like, well, how do you know that you're right? And how do you know this? It's like, it's like, okay, the opposite extreme, you don't, even the experts of any time, right. Didn't know everything. They were just experts at their time. Right. So like, um, you know, even experts, you know, again, let's say doctors right now. Okay. They have a mindset on how to go about certain things. And then, you know, again, here 10 years from now, they're going to have more on top of what they were doing now. Maybe they're trying treatments now that are not going to work. Right. Or weren't the right option. Um, or there was better ways to do it. Or again, that they were causing other issues that they didn't see at the time. And it took years, 10 years for them to realize like, Oh man, like, you know, and this is not true. So don't, don't, so no one take this and twist this. Okay. But it's like, Oh my God, we didn't realize that Advil was causing cancer. Right. I mean, we're prescribing Advil for all these other things. And then we realize that a byproduct of Advil, one of their, you know, maybe their coloring or whatever it is, right. Whatever, you know, chemicals is causing this. Right. And um, again, let me just state that that's absolutely not factual. Okay. <laughs> right. But, um, exactly. but uh, that, that is a, you know, a thing of it. No one is, that's, I think that's when I think of a guru, Right. That's what I think of as I know everything. Right. right? Rather. But that, again, that word gets thrown around now where like anybody that knows anything, everybody likes to throw the guru line and be like, Oh, so you're one of these gurus, huh? It's just like, right. Hold on a second. Like, no, I have some knowledge on some stuff, right? This is what I do every single day. Just like, again, if I came to your job and asked you about, you know, accounting or banking or, uh, you know, again, um, if you, if you do stocks or if you do, you know, businesses or you do nails or you do cakes or you do whatever your stuff is, right? Like, just right. like you have expertise in an area, like, so do I. And then again, like, um, that's where like me and that, um, again, good friend, um, uh, Steve Johnson, right? Where he, he really talks about, again, like, I tell all my guys that I can't teach you anything. And I'm like, I get the mindset, right? That's a good mindset for players to have of being like, I take responsibility in my own, um, I take responsibility in my own development. But at the same time, again, obviously, I can teach you something. I get, you wouldn't be here if I didn't have nothing to offer you. 
in the sense of knowledge or experience or any of those other things, right? There is, yes. Am I always right? No. Is it also your responsibility to come and want to learn and want to, you know, engage and want to, you know, again, and to prove me wrong and go, you know what I'm saying? And, and add to my foundation that I'm providing you as well, for sure. But right. at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't mean that I know nothing, right? right? Like I can't, I have to sit here and act like I know nothing. And then, you know, that it's all, you know, yeah. So. And I, I feel like, I feel like the way that the guru and the, the trend of like the new age guys, I feel like you, it's splitting that gap more to where it's like, I either don't know nothing and it's all the player or it's look at me. It's never like a collaboration between coach and player. And I think you can really tell that by just the way the two sides talk to each other. And no matter where you are, if you're coaching and influencing people, you're, your players are teaching them something like, even, even the guys that have that mindset, like your players are coming to you because they know that you can help them or at least bring something out of them. Right. Um, I think as far as gurus though, and like the, um, maybe the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, how you can monitor it yourself. Like how, how do you think that process has happened for you to make sure that you're not going too far down one road? Um, and thinking one answers like the end all be all. I know we've talked about that with some of the stuff, our own products and some of the stuff we've done in the past and how we run too far down one road. Um, what do you think a way for a lot of coaches to kind of keep that in check and to make sure that they're well-rounded and um, hitting the whole spectrum of players? Because I also think you can tell um, how players, how coaches coach by the way the players they attract and how players move and the type of players that they like to work with. Right. Like di diversifying the type of players you work with can definitely show how big your skill set is as a coach. But how has that process been for you as far as making sure that you're not running too far down, you know, one branch and looking at it more from a holistic view? Yeah, I guess, I mean, um, a big part I'll, I'll go to first off is the analogy with this is I was thinking about this this morning with uh, like haircuts, right? I'm out in Vegas. I'm trying to find yeah. someone that can cut my yeah. hair like I my guy it, did at my last I place. It. I know I, I didn't get it in in the beginning, but it looks like you got a fresh cut. Yeah, fresh cut with, with, with no design. First time in like a year. So <laughs> yeah. um, um, the, but the, I think the thought process is this. I can go and find a barber that might be really good at giving a fade, but not designs right? Or I can go find a guy that's really good with scissors, right? But not giving a fade, right? right. Or I can go find a guy that's good with scissors, a fade, um, you know, and um, also a design, right? But maybe he's not good with a blade, right? right? So like every time he goes to hit me with a blade, like he cuts me or something, right? It's hard to find guys that have all, you know, all of those things mixed together. Um, and also two guys, you know, rely on that. And also too, what is that can attract as a barber, right? If you're really good at get, getting fades, you're going to get a lot of guys that get fades, right? But let's say I come in and you really, you give me a really good fade, but I don't like your designs or I don't like how you cut my top or I don't like how you, again, when every time you do a blade, you freaking slice me open, right? right. So then you, you with it, that is that you're going to attract guys that really just like fades and those guys that really just like fades. And again, have, you know, a, a different type of haircut. They might think you're the greatest, you're the greatest, right? You're the greatest hitting coach they've ever had. Oh my God, his fades are unbelievable. You guys need to go get your haircut here, right? Then you go and get, you know, again, I go and I listen to his advice. I go get my haircut there. And again, maybe that last guy that I had also gave really good fades, right? Or again, maybe just slightly less uh, as good fades, 
but had really good designs and overall had some things that were better, right? His designs, his, his, how, he, how he trimmed the top, how he lined me up with blades, right? All those other things were actually all across the board were pretty good, right? Where realistically, someone can mess up your haircut just by, you know, again, not knowing how to cut your top or whatever. My hair is, kind of, you know, more complicated, right, Bo? So nice. um, I say all that to say is, again, tying that back into hitting coaches is that you have the same thing, right? Some guys are really good at teaching the lower half. Right. Some guys are really good at teaching how to hold the ground. Some guys are really good at teaching like pelvis deceleration. Some guys are really good at teaching deceleration in general. Some guys are really good at teaching the initiation of rotation. Some guys are really good at teaching um, certain aspects of all of these things. Right. And one of the analogies I just gave, um, one of the analogies I gave the, um, the other day, um, or actually I gave earlier, was talking about guys like uh, Doug Lotta or like Wallenbrock. Right. Like two, you know, names that are in sports, they've worked with a lot of the greatest players, right? And they have so much knowledge and I've learned so much from, you know, both of their teachings. Now, with that also being said, Wallenbrock and Lotta have also messed up a lot of hitters. Mm -hmm. they've, they've not been successful on every hitter that they've worked with. They've worked with hitters. And again, that I've worked with the hitter after they worked with the hitter and the hitter got worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. His numbers went down. He had issues again. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Again, Wallenbrock might have had, you know, uh, Wallenbrock and Chris and all those guys that were over there. Maybe they might have had, or Van Soyok when all he was over there as well. Maybe they didn't only had a limited period of time. Maybe they, they didn't fully right. visualize the process. It doesn't mean that they're bad hitting coaches because I can tell you one, right now how many, uh, how many guys that I've messed up, right, as I was training as, as right. well. I also, too, I also assume that there's a guy right now that I might be, again, I, I mess up all the time. We talked about, you know, I did this on the, uh, the IG Live the other day. I talked about that. I mess up hitters all the time, but then I have to fix them, right? Yep. Maybe it goes too far. Maybe I, I introduced a, something too quickly. Maybe when I was teaching one thing, um, they interpreted it as another move. And again, it, 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 you know, again, I have to work with that process. It's almost like a doctor. Sometimes doctors give you a prescription that works for a majority of people, but might not work for you. I might give you something, prescribe something for you, and it makes you gain 20 pounds of weight. Yeah. Right? Now, does that make me a bad doctor? Uh, no, I mean, may, again, maybe a doctor that had experience in this area before and maybe with your type and with your type of, you know, again, your certain levels or whatever, he could look at the total, the total picture with all that going together and say, you know what, I think this might cause you to, you know, to gain weight. Some right. guys can do that, right? And the best doctors, again, are going to know a lot of that stuff beforehand. But right. at the same time, that also, there's like levels to that, right? Where, again, the, the, um, the doctor, the one doctor might know three different prescriptions that he, that he can give you, but someone can't prescribe something that they don't know, right? If you don't know about this other drug, you can't prescribe it. And it's the same thing for like hitting, right? So I say all that to say is this, is that I learned from Lada, not only from the good successes he's had, but also the losses. Wallenbrock, the same thing, though. His successes he's had, but also the losses. Teacher man, the successes he's had, but also the losses, right? Um, driveline, the successes they've had, but also the losses. One awaits the, the, the successes they've had, but also the losses, right? Mm -hmm. The successes I've had, but also the losses, right? Sure. So um, again, it's not that, um, now don't get me wrong, um, of recent, right? Of recent, um, all these pro guys that we've worked with, right? Like they've all, you know, career high in a lot of numbers. But with that being said, is isn't that I've, Again, there hasn't been any pro guys I've ever worked with that hasn't gone down at one period in tide, right? And again, I might even throughout the season, right? Some guy has a career high um, numbers his first month of the season, but then he starts going backwards, right? Maybe off of a cue that I gave him. Now I have to, you know, hopefully, I, again, as a, as a doctor and from experience, I can come to that and go, okay, what did I give you? You know, what was it? What were we working on? Why would that make you move this way? How can we get you, you know, again, by what usually helps you with this? Because typically guys have the same problems over and over again. 
and then we come up with a solution, right, for that problem, right? right? So it's not to say that throughout the year, the guy's just getting better and better and better and better. No, he gets better. He might have a great first month, right? We had a guy in spring training this year that batted like over 400. Woo, great. Let's say he goes in the first month of the season and he's batting 210. Okay, yeah. we got to make some adjustments. What do we got to do? Is it pitching? What is it? You know, saying like, again, is it how he's moving? You know, all emotions, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. All the other stuff that comes into it, right? Um, so sure. so I, I, I just think more with that is that the, the thought process is too often that it's just like, again, someone's had a great track record, you know, and it has really produced some great things with this. So they're, you know, again, they, they're the right, you know, they're right on everything and their perspective on this is right on everything. Or again, like that I'm right on everything. Like, and I, no, like there's always right. little tweaks and little things that I'm missing. Right. And I'm trying to learn again, to be less wrong tomorrow. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't, just from an umbrella perspective, if you haven't screwed up hitters, you just haven't coached long enough. <laughs> yep. And if, if you haven't screwed up hitters, then you're not learning how to adapt and, and new and you, stuff for and new hitters. Asterisk, if you can't admit that right. you screwed up hitters, then that's a whole nother thing, right? For sure. so like, and and if, if we're just basing a coach's success that we're seeing from afar off of social media, then you're also missing a lot of the boat because a lot of coaches don't put the failures on there. Like we, we talked about that. I remember when I was first out there, we put a, a video of, can't remember the exact player, but like a video of him, the progression and when he sucked because we don't, people paint this picture like, oh, I'm the best hitting coach and I never screw up. Like that's just what you're seeing on social media. If you actually went in their facility, they probably screw up a lot more hitters than you think. And if you're holding yourself to that kind of standard and that accountability to that level, like, you're already set up for failure. You're, baseball, you're going to fail 70% of the time. And that also means your hitting coach, from the perspective, has failed you 70% of the time. Yeah, agreed. And I was going to say, and another, and another part with that is that I really want, and, and lately have been aggressively kind of going after that, is dismantling this like perfectionism of like, it's only better. And because, because this also paints, look, this is why it's bad for you as a hitting coach or an instructor to come with this, this thing is if you always paint the picture that you have the magical pill or right that um that you could fix you know every single person and it's just going to be that person's going to get better and better and better then they right. come to you with that expectation obviously you can't live up to that expectation For sure. right so so again a lot of times when i'm working with hitters right when i i'm when we walk in i'm like look this is a process this is what i can it's very easy to identify you know, again, areas that you can improve. It's another thing to actually get you to do it. And it's another thing. It's another thing for us to learn how to work with each other. Right. And figuring right. out how, again, how, what's, how do you best learn? Right. For sure. How do I best teach? Can, you know, again, what can I bend on? What can you bend on? And then also, you know, again, we have to learn what, what drills are great for you. What drills aren't, what drills work for this month, what drills work for this week, what, what drills work for one day, right. Whatever. And we yeah. come up with this process right? That it's, it's, it's not a turnkey. Nobody is turnkey, right? right? So I know when I'm walking in with the hitter and the image that I paint them is that, look, this is going to be a process. And yeah, you might see some rapid accelerations, right? Like you might see some big jumps really quickly. And then you might plateau for a little while. Then we find, then we find an unlock for you. And then you jump again. And then again, then you figure something out. Um, and then you go too far then you start over swinging, some emotions come and then all of a sudden you start backtracking and then we catch it again. You plateau for a little period of time. Then you jump back up again, right? Like 
you know, again, I, I, um, I painted the picture too, especially of late, cause I've been doing it, it's like more like stocks, right? Is that again, that doesn't just go up, right? Like there might be periods of time where it just goes up, but in reality, if you have a hitter long enough, you're going to see decline and you're going to have to work with that and get it. My job as a hitting coach is to try to get you to your A, your, whatever your A performance is, as often as possible. Right. No, but again, it doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle or it's just going to be gravy the entire time. I think a, a big point you nailed there was the um, being able to communicate with the hitter. I think the best hitting coaches and the, the Wallenbrocks and those guys, they just communicate better. Like even if they don't fall necessarily into the philosophy, they communicate and they're more of a hitting coach than just a swing coach. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are starting to get into that swing coach. And that's why sometimes you see some of this is because I don't want to say their portfolio isn't diverse enough, but you still need some experience and to work with a hitter so you can learn how to, you know, communicate with each of them differently because you might have the best information in the world. Joey might be sitting on a gold mine, but if he can't get me to do what he's saying, it's all for nothing. So, yeah. I mean, and you get that, you get that same result. Like again, for example, communication is not a checkbox, right? We talked about that before too. Wallenbrock is also getting older. Right. Right. He doesn't connect as much with the lower, you know, younger guys. Right. He did. Right. Again, he's getting, he's, he's an older man. He's writing books, you know, again, it has nothing to do with baseball. It's actually, right. I think it's like, uh, I've got the name of his book that he just released, but it has nothing to do with baseball. It's literally a nonfiction. That's uh, awesome. I mean, I mean, it's a fiction, it's a fiction story, Nick novel. Good for him. It's awesome. Um, again, that's stuff that he's, he's into. Right. And, um, to a lot of guys that are going over to work with Wallenbrock are working with, you know, uh, again, it could be, um, Chris or again, Ben Soyok when he was over there or whatever. And Walmart's just becoming older, right? He has a lot of knowledge he can pass on, but he's not coaching like in the cage with as many right. athletes as he used to. Okay. Right. Now, um, and side note, um, I never met Wallenbrock and he probably has no idea who the hell I am, but on the opposite end of that is again, I stay kind of up to date where players, again, I know a lot of players that have gone there at one point period of time, maybe they've been there for a week and then they leave. Right. Right. Um, now, uh, again, the same thing too, right. With like, it, I, I just, I want to get rid of the damn check boxes. That's right. what I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of, of, Oh my God, this guy's a great communicator. Like, yeah, I get it. Like there is a level, but at the same time, great with who for sure. Right. right. Like again, like, like we used to talk about, um, you know, again, bring up John Maxwell again, um, John Maxwell, right. Like levels of leadership, right. Some guys would be like, I'm a level five leader. Right. If you go and read his, his, you know, book. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm level, I'm a level five leader. Like, okay. Level five with who? Right. With who and what situation. Right. And, and like, it's not a, it's not a checkbox. Right. It's, it's a, it's a situationally diverse with, you know, again, things change, stuff changes. Like, you know, you know how, again, how challenging certain guys relationships have been with their hitting coaches because of something they've tweeted. And again, maybe it didn't identify, especially like right now, maybe it's, it was uh, political or, you know, something that they didn't agree with. And now all of a sudden that there's some friction. Okay. You know, you don't think that that's going to, again, mess up maybe your guys' communication of how well you're, it, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully you guys can get past it and do some other things. But again, like I've had people that I've had friends with for, you know, years that again, like you said the same thing, right? Well, we've had some conversations where you, you end up having those conversations. And again, like maybe that brings you guys really close, close together. And you guys, again, have a relationship where you guys can share openly like that. Or right. again, or you can't, and it becomes a bind in between you two. And again, you guys maybe go your separate ways or whatever. And the same thing happens. Relationships are not this perfect everything. You know, again, 
it, you know, I almost say it like almost like marriage, like me and you have talked about, I've never been married, Bo, but you have. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I still are not, not, not you have, you still are. Um, maybe if I don't, you know, yeah. keep locking you up on uh, uh, farm system yeah. stuff. My wife does. It's all right. She's my other business partner. Well, let's have her good on the yeah. podcast instead. Um, but in any case, um, it's the thought process that it's not just gravy. It's not just going to be, Oh, we got married and it just got better. Oh, you know, every single day was better than the last. And every single day I loved them more. It's like, no, right. I married him Monday and then Friday I wanted to choke him. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, it's sure. just, it happens, right? It's the ebb and flow of like, sometimes you guys are clicking more. Sometimes you're not clicking as much, right? Like there's all the other things that, that, that go into this, that it's like, you know, again, like, Sometimes you guys are vibing more than you're, you're vibing at other times. And, and any relationship is the same. Sometimes, you know, friendships is like that. Hitting coach relationship is like that. Like the manager relationship is like that. Like ownership yeah. relation, again, ownership and players, there's a big divide right now too. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully again, we work through that and, you know, we, we, there's, there's a lot of things that have to happen, you know, for these relationships, but they're definitely not check the box and move on. Right. I think that goes to, which we could probably do a whole podcast on that, but communication and connection and is it the same thing and are good communicators necessarily good listeners all the time because i think that's a two-way we've talked about that like that two-way street of open line of communication where it's not just i'm telling you what to do but i'm willing to listen to you as well but at the end of the day i am here to make you better and we to truly be good we need an open line of communication both ways yeah and part of being a good communicator is also connecting but um i wanted to transition because you hit on it there a little bit and we've been getting some DMs and, and um, you've been getting called out a little bit as far as trying to change the paradigm from um, being so perfect all the time and being afraid to um, maybe push the gap and bridge the bridge it in some cases. But, um, you know, I saw the thing with the Harper tweet, um, our good friend called you a good name. Um, and I, I liked, I, I, I meant to quote tweet it with you, but not I got caught up, but it's a, it sounds good. Good friend. <laughs> good. What are you, um, what are you, what are you trying to do with that stuff? Like I'm, we've talked about it, but like, what's the goal with some of that stuff? Well, this is the thing. This is another thing. I don't, I hate the picture of perfection, especially for youth athletes. I don't like it. I don't like when they, you paint this image of these athletes on this pedestal and that they don't ever make mistakes. They're humans. Right. They make mistakes. Bryce Harper isn't moving good all the time. He's not. Neither is Miguel Cabrera. Neither is Mike Trout. Yes, right. Mike Trout's C swing might be better than your A swing. But at the same time, if you can't look at him in all situations and go, that's the perfect move because he's Mike Trout. Okay. Right. Look, I'm sure a lot of people would agree. I'm sure there might hear what I'm saying here, right? Nobody is perfect. Not our president, not our government, not our any leader in any situation, not your mama, not your grandmama, not your sister, not your kid. Everybody makes mistakes, some more than others, some less than others, some that you agree with because you guys have common agreements on, on foundational beliefs. And again, some with not. But we stop, we have to stop painting the picture that again, that someone's perfect because of a situation or because of um, uh, an opportunity or right. a uh, platform, right? They're just a human being like anybody else. Now, again, someone on a platform, again, there is good reason to look at those people. They do have experience we don't have. They right. do have insight that we might not have. They do have information that we might not have, right? Mm -hmm. But we, we have to stop looking at these professional athletes Right. And just saying like, 
oh, because that's Bryce Harper and he hits 25 home runs a year, right? That he is, and he makes some of the most money in all of baseball, For that sure. his swing is perfect, right? Or I see this all the time. Let me give you a perfect example. A perfect example, and I brought this up multiple times, maybe not necessarily on the podcast, because I think it's touchy and it again stirs the pot. Barry Bonds is not perfect. Right. He's not. His movements were not perfect. No one's are. He's not Jesus Christ with a stick in his hand. Okay. Like, like right. he's not perfect. He made mistakes. He struck out a lot, right? right? Not not as much in comparison to other people, but in comparison to you can't say that, like again, he didn't bat a thousand. He right. didn't hit a home run every single time he stepped to the plate. No, he still had things that he could be better at. Is there a lot to learn from Barry Bonds? 1,000%. Right. But we can't look at his movements. And I gave this, uh, we were just talking about this um, earlier, uh, being like the batting stance guy can mimic everybody's batting stance, their mannerisms, all that stuff. You could have the exact, the exact same swing of Barry Bonds. And you're not going to hit like Barry Bonds. You sure. could have the exact same jab as Mayweather, and you're not going to uh, throw a punch like like Mayweather. Right. Right. Like, meaning like you can't create the same amount of force that he can. You're not as athletic as he is. You're not as strong as he is. You don't have his brain like you don't have the, the same brain as he has. You don't have the same um, again decision making or again confidence that he has. You don't have the same ability to interact with. And, and again, maybe a be as a competitor, you're not the same competitor that he is. You can't also put fear again in other hitter of uh, pitchers and set them up. Like, again, I come back up. Like there's so many things. You don't have the same CNS system as he does. You don't have the same nutrition as he has. You don't have the same right. training as he has. Right. I don't know how many other things you want me to say that he, you don't have the same yeah. as he does. You also, you don't have the same wife he has. You don't have the same support <laughs> system he has. You don't have the same hitting coach that he has. Right. I also think it's fair to say, it, and this is, this is my favorite point in all of this and with the tweets, we see it today in the political thing. Bryce Harper is where he is because he's open to people to pick him apart. And he is there because of that. He's willing to listen and say, yes, I, I need to make adjustments. Yeah. People defend people that don't want to be defended. Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, tell me where I'm making mistakes instead of showing me everything I do well. And, and, and we see yeah. that in on a larger scale in politics, I have, you know, multiple people I've talked to, they're like, this isn't even about me anymore. Like I have friends that aren't minorities that are mad at me for not sticking up for myself or it's like, you have no, I, I am where I am because of how I want to view the world. Yeah. Harper probably wants Joey to say, Hey man, I think you could, you know, do this and this and this. And people yeah. automatically just assume since he's a professional, like you can't do that. Like for sure. Okay. That's a great point. It's a great point. And, and this is the other thing too. First off, I'm not tweeting that tweet for Harper. For sure. Harper literally trains at the facility. Sorry, let me restart this guy here. Harper literally trains at the facility less than 10 minutes from me. Yeah, he trains away to the mini course. Exactly. So mm -hmm. he literally trained at the facility less than 10 minutes from me, right? Mm -hmm. If, again, if my goal was to, and again, if my goal was to go in there and, and I'm like, oh, I wanna, I'm gonna do all these things for Harper. Like, no, no, no. If Harper, Harper wanted to work, and then, first off, let me paint this picture. I work with elite hitters at the same level, right. at the same level. The guy that hits right after Miguel Cabrera, he's right, right. there. He, he literally out hit Miguel Cabrera last year. Mm -hmm. Statistically out hit Miguel Cabrera last year. Okay. Now with that, is that was again, Miguel Cabrera over time, obviously is a much better player, right? Sure. But 
Okay. My point is, is this isn't like I'm Johnny on the couch tweeting right. about Harper saying, oh, you know, like, you know, this guy sucks. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. Right. Sure. We're talking that again, Harper does have some spacing and some direction issues. And I right. guarantee you again with Harper, if Harper thought he had the perfect swing, you think he'd be working on every single off season to get a swing better. Right. He, Plus Harper's he swing, is, Harper's swing has changed dramatically since he's been in the league. You watch those guys too, like go early and watch them. They might hit a ball that we're like, wow. And they're like, no, that's not it. Because exactly. they know it's not the result. It's, it's the process. And too many people get, oh, he hit that in the third deck to his pull side when he's like, man, I should have hit that. I should have hit it, you know, the middle of the other way. Yeah, and that's – I mean, uh, Canseco used to say that when he used to with them all the time. He would hit a jack and he'd be like, ah, missed that one. You know, right. again, I got to fix that. I got to clean that up. And people, again, they're not used to that level of success that they right. don't understand. To them, just hitting a home run, they understand that that home run might also be tied to 20Ks in the next – 40 at bats mm -hmm. and they know that they can't continue that swing. And while it worked for that one swing, they know that it doesn't play over time. Right. So, so again, I get it. There is a lot of guys out there that will say stuff about pro guys because they're trying to get attention and they haven't worked with these guys or do whatever. Again, I I'm okay that I understand the perception that it may be interpreted one way or another if I tweet something or whatever, but at the same time, if you know me, right. I'm sorry if I step on your toes. Well, I'm sorry if I make you feel uncomfortable. Plus, just, just because I'm not a professional baseball player doesn't mean I don't have the same mindset as them. They're perfectionists. And yeah. we do it all the time, Joey. I would be on an 8 for 12 streak, and I knew I was in trouble. And it's because we were perfectionists. I might hit a jack, and I might say, that's not going to play. Yeah. Like, it's just not. And yeah. to everybody else watching, you're successful. And it's just like me and you. We'll put a video together. We'll send it out. We'll be like, man, that's not very good. We get blown up. Man, this video is awesome. It's like. Yeah. holding yourself to a higher standard Correct. and separating yourself from the pack. Like that's why those guys are there and the gut people defending him are where they are. Yeah. Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing. Look, and, and that's the thing too. It, this is another thing. We, we, whoever's taking in, taking in the criticism gets to decide if it's an attack, right? It's a perception sure. thing, right? I'm not attacking Bryce Harper and I'm not attacking Again, I'm also not attacking Aaron Judge, right? That was another post that I made. I made about Aaron Judge. I'm not attacking them. I just think, again, as I bet you that they would also tell you that they could be better. For sure. They don't know. They're not at the level that they're at thinking, you know what? This is the best my swing is ever going to be. And there's no way for me to get my swing better. They're always, they work on their swing every single day, just like the rest of the pro guys that I work with. They work with their swing every single day to get things better, Right. Right. Harper has a lot of really good things going on. He also, again, could do a, you know, in my opinion, can really move a lot. And this is another thing too, right? He said that too. He knows that. Yeah. And this, and this is the thing too, of being like, for example, okay. If you Johnny on the couch hits 20 home runs in the big leagues, whoa, what in the world? Grossly overachieved. Right. If Aaron judge hits 20 home runs in the big leagues, that's grossly underachieved, underachieved massively massively and that's the difference of being like yes we can produce the same numbers but they're not equal mm -hmm. right and again that's why again where I, I didn't like mad dog's take and maybe how he went about it when he went after harper right and i, I did the like rolled my eyes you know on, on the twitter and i responded when he like did his thing of being like you don't get to say anything until you produce like eh, that's not the time to say it. this is where there's truth in there yes harper grossly under underachieved the last season but 
Exactly. There's a lot of things. At least going they said on. he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, but again, at the end of the day, he underachieved whatever the reason right. he underachieved. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now the next part of that is though, is that that doesn't mean he doesn't get to have an opinion on major league baseball. Right. Now right. he doesn't get to talk because he didn't hit 30 home runs instead of 20. Right. What? How? Right. You know I'm saying like that, that those that had, again, I didn't, I didn't agree with the take in that, in that way. Yes. Truthfully, yes. Truthful, he underachieved. He also would agree that he underachieved. The hot take of he doesn't get to speak about, you know, playing baseball is, right. yeah, is a whole nother conversation. Right. So it doesn't matter who you are, really. Agreed. I mean, anybody can have their opinion. Anybody yeah. can say it. And you got a right to your opinion. You can say whatever he just you happens, want. He just happens to be, you know, one of the highest paid athletes in the MLB that underachieved. And so it's, you know, yeah. the microscope's on you, but. Sure. And he brings more attention to himself. I get it. Like he's flashy. He's from Vegas. Yeah. I get it. Must be okay. a Vegas thing. Well, Chris Bryant, calm down. Calm mm, down. Calm that's down. true. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Don't be stereotyping now. Um, right. So, <laughs> but I get it. You bring some things on yourself. Again, that's his personality. That's his flair. That's how he plays. It, that, again, there's things that come with that, the good and the bad. He knows those things. He's had to deal with that since he was, he was named the prodigy of baseball when he was 16 years old. Like, yeah. again, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being Bryce Harper. Okay. There's sure. a lot of pressure that comes with being him. Okay. At the same time, he manages it really well. Right. Like, in my opinion, again, with all the things, again, with name being, being named the prodigy of baseball at 16 years old, again, could he do things better? For sure. Again, right. overall, like, again, he's not a bad dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he does a lot of things really well. He handles a lot of things well. He has a lot of foundations and, you know, things that he does publicly and he helps a lot of people. Um, sure. And, you know, um, a lot of those things. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I think that too, yeah. as, as we get towards the end, like, I think that I wanted to bring that up. First of all, we might be a little bit unorthodox at the farm system, but the last thing we are going to do is not listen to your side and engage in a discussion. So if you disagree with anything, like, we could send you screenshots and DMS of people that reach out to us and we responded and we had a good discussion because people reached out and asked why, as opposed to just rolling your eyes. So mm. first thing I wanted to say that is we are a little bit unorthodox and it just like people have flair We're you know, we have some flair, whatever you want to call it. And we're definitely open for the discussion and that's how people bring the game closer is start yeah. to say this, this is where we're at and this is what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I wanted to make that point there as well. Yeah. And I would also say this is the same thing too. Like you can disagree. Just don't be disrespectful for sure. If you're disrespectful again, like Bo and I have had this conversation, like I, my brain, my brain looks like this, the same thing, Bo. we talk about this all the time. I don't get paid to argue with you on Twitter. Right. I don't, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit there and argue with you on Twitter just because, just because right now, don't get me wrong. If you want to discuss something and we're having a good conversation and we want to go, and again, I take time and I, again, decide to take time out of my day to come and like help you with something or whatever, right? Rather than building content, rather than building our business, rather than spending time with my family, rather than doing all those other things, right? Spending time with my friends, whatever that is, right? Okay, let's have a conversation. And again, I've definitely gone back and forth with somebody that's been like disrespectful with me before or whatever, right? Um, but that's a completely, a completely different scenario, um, a completely different scenario than, um, you know, someone that instantly comes in is like, you know, disrespectful and thinks like, again, that, you know, I might not respond to you or maybe I'll just send a gif or, you know, maybe right. I'll put an emoji and, you know, move on with my day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see some of those responses, go through the, the, the quote tweets, the replies, baby. 
we, we've had some people poke us like a bear and, you know, tried to, the last thing we're trying to do is create rift in the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and to, but I also, I also think it's funny because a lot of people are afraid to push the envelope and, and insert themselves and yeah. people view that as like, no, you're, what do you mean? You're not creating conflict. No, we're trying to create a discussion and bring it to light that look, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to ask questions and figure stuff out together, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think, I think, uh, again, this Denzel Washington quote, right. I just retweeted it yesterday. Like embarrassment is the cost of entry. If you aren't willing to look like a, a foolish beginner, you'll never become a, 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 a graceful master. And it's right. the same, it's the same thing too, being like, look, like, to be considered again cutting edge in any way or again to push the, like you're you're always operating on the edge you're right. always operating on the edge there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with you because again you're operating on the edge it's very easy to be in the middle it's very right. easy to be like in the middle of things and just being like oh well you know we'll see how it plays out in 5 years from now we'll see how it plays out in 10 years from now we'll see but again you're going to be a um, you know mid or uh, mid or early adopter right? Or late adopter or mid or late uh, adopter, right? So when you look at that and like you understand that, that's fine. But again, there is things that come with that. You're going to be again behind the ball on a lot of different things. And a lot of organizations work like that, right? They're not going to be cutting edge organizations. There's a lot of organizations that we're going to let things be out and their game plan is very conservative, right? They let things happen for the first couple of years. They see how again it, it adapts. Then they might adapt it. Maybe they don't, right? There's a lot of, and again, there's some safety in that. But also, too, it's very hard to be the best doing that as well, right? right. You got both. So right. I, just think, I, I just think with all of those things is I understand and I have no problem, which is why I usually make jokes with it and that I don't mind putting myself out there over and over and over again is because I understand it's the cost of entry. Right. The cost of entry. I, if I'm gonna, if I, I, I have to say things, I, and again, I have no problem saying things that I believe in. For sure. Right. Right. So it's the cost of entry. It doesn't mean that it's right all the time, but I have no problem saying this is what I believe. And this is, you know, again, X, Y, Z, why I might believe it. Right. For sure. um, and again, sometimes, you know, maybe some of it's right. Usually I'm, you know, some of it's right. Something, there's some truth in everything, right? There's right. usually at least some of it, right? A lot of the time there's a lot of it, right? Right. Usually before I've just, I'm not also not just spitting out at the mouth the first time I, I saw something, right? Like, I've taken time. I've strategically, like, you know, looked at you, like if you more than anything, Bo, know how much I analyze stuff, right? Of being right. like, I've probably really thought through something before I just, you know, right. blurted it out or said something about a professional athlete, right? Right. And I'm, I, I'm not saying this, I'm not going to say this statement and insinuating you have to blatantly say everything you believe in, but right. if you truly believe in something and you're not afraid, if you're too scared to stand alone, do you really believe in it? It's like really, really that passionate about it. If yeah. you're willing to you know it's wrong or know that it may be not quite the full truth and you stay silent, well, you're not part of the solution either, champ. You're falling in line and pushing this onto the next generation where, you know what, if we believe in something, I'm going to say it. And I failed more times than anybody else on this show. I mean, hell, I'm, you know, we, we both know that and um, <laughs> not being afraid to, to stand alone. Like, you, I mean, you have to. Yeah, especially if you're going to be an innovator and change something and change the way something is. It's the cost of entry. It's the cost of entry. You got to, you got to do it. And, and again, you don't need to operate in my space and I don't need to operate in your space and we can still be friends. 
Right. You can still get along civilly. You can, again, you might not agree with how someone went about something, but again, like the same thing too. We don't have to agree on everything for us to be friends or again. Well, we don't. And this is a great example. Joey and I, yeah. we might look like we're best friends, but we <laughs> argue more than anybody else that argues with us on Twitter. You know? <laughs> it's just part of it. It's part of growth. Yeah, it's part of growth. Yeah, there's definitely. And again, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, obviously a lot of things. Again, the context. Right. The right. time we agree on a lot of stuff, but we're not afraid to, you have convictions about something. I have convictions right. and then us have that conversation. For right? sure. So that's, that's a, a different thing of being again with that is, is I'm not saying that you, you know, the first thing that pops into your head that you should, you know, right. say it with conviction exactly. because you're so no, confident. In yes, for sure. I'm just saying, if you really believe in something and again, you have some stuff about it again, like, like having that cost of entry of being like, Hey, again, a lot of people might not agree with you. And again, it doesn't even mean that it's right. Right. And again, we'll take this for an example. I'm going to, I'm going to touch it and go forward. I don't agree or disagree. We're not getting political again, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Okay. Obviously cost of entry. Okay. He's going to take some major hits with that. He's also made a lot of money from doing that. Let's, Go in a whole nother direction. Okay. Um, you can, you know, and again, we can go down a whole nother political route with that. But what I'm trying to say is that, again, That's if you're passionate and you believe about something, if, again, if I agree with it or not, the principle is still there, right? Mm -hmm. Is that he took a knee, he believed in something and got criticized for it heavily. And again, also had to pay a price for that and also got paid for it generally as well. So right. there's all of those in, the, in together is that, again, if someone really believes in, again, um, that you shouldn't, right? And someone's going to speak out against what he did. You're also, there's a cost of entry. There's going to be a bunch of people that don't believe what you believe and they're going to disagree and they're going to come at you as well. So at any point, it doesn't matter what the action is. The concept, the cost of entry is still the principle and it's still the same. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All so right. What, what, what do you got for the people towards the end, Joe? The wrapper up? Yep. Well, I just think, I just think, again, holistically, we need, if there's a wall that we need to tear down, we need to dismantle the wall of perfectionism and checklist. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta eliminate all these, those, those things. And there's a reason for certain infrastructures and whatever, but we have to tear down the wall that you have to be a perfect hitting coach or that you never make mistakes because what it does is again, and I want to be, uh, I want to be embody this is that younger hitting coaches coming up, the thought that you can't make a mistake or you can't make it, like, that's the only way, that's the only way I got to where I got was I made so many mistakes. Yep. You had, I had to, yep. I had to, right. right? So if we were sitting there telling guys that again, like, oh my God, you, you, I can't believe you, you messed up that hitter. Or he, he dropped 20 points in batting average or whatever. Like that's the cost of entry. Right. That's yep. the cost. It doesn't, you're not going to just get hitters better from the start. For not, sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you know what? Play around, have, it's great to mentor. And again, to shadow somebody like, you know, like, like me, or I got to shadow a whole bunch of people, right. Where if I make mistakes, I have my mentor there to clean it up. For sure. That way I have freedom, but within a box and I'm not ruining this guy's career. I have someone that I can go to as a, of a reference and be like, Hey, you know, again, like, I, you know, again, we've had other, we've had other guys. There's been times where, you know, again, Pozos worked or you, you worked as well, where you guys might've made a mistake and I had to come back and clean it up. Right. Right. That's fine. Cause guys did that for me. But what we sure. can't do is also at the, at the lower level is make mistakes and not be opening to someone helping me and, right. and helping me clean it back up. 
right? Yeah. And thinking that I never, again, this image that I could never make a mistake. It's okay. You made a mistake. Let me, let's talk about why. Let's go about fixing it. Maybe again, I, I learned something from you. Again, it's not just that I'm always right and you're always wrong, but I am here to mentor you, right? I am here to help, yeah. right? Uh, I am in the position that I am for a reason, right? There is some experience there. There is some, some, you know, mistakes that I've made, learn from mine rather than trying to make them all on your own and, right. and, and trying to make, again, destroying hitters careers throughout that process because you're too unwilling to look bad or you're too right. unwilling to have a mentor there to help you or, you know, or you're too unwilling to take an advice. Right. For sure. That's, I, that's all I would say is just reiterate the, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be perfectionist. And I would probably even add in there, get your players involved in the maturation process with you. And if, if you're using the farm system as a tool, get your players on the farm system as a tool. So you're learning together and they can yeah. see, Hey, and they get what I'm showing you isn't just perfection and what I'm doing. Correct. Power them to do it. So when they're coaching, that's yeah. the mindset too, where all they're not just seeing this great end result. They're seeing the process it takes. To Correct. Get yeah. And the same thing. That's why I get to my players too. Look, when you're not hitting it's yeah, it's also has to do with me, but it's not just me. It's also right. you too. Right. Sure. We get, this is a process, right? It's both of us together. Let's work together as a team to get this done. What have you been thinking? Tell me about all the, the, the way you've been going about stuff. Are you being nervous in games? I need a lot of information from you. How does it feel when you think about this? How does it feel when, you know, all that right. ties in, right? Yep. Um, yeah. So I think those are all good, uh, you know, really great things um, to, to tie in. And again, like Bo was saying, getting your players again, part of that process of being on farm system, maybe they, they bring it up like, Hey, do you see this video where Joey's talking about this, da, 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 or Bo's talking about this at the plate, da, 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 da. You know, would you think that that would work for me? And then they, look, it's a conversation starter. It gets them ingrained. It gets them, has, makes them have ownership in their own player development uh, process rather than it only being on you. Right. So again, it's a big, it's a big piece and definitely something that, you know, guys can take advantage of for sure. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, guys, from us and our partners over at Yakutech, until next time, Farm System out. Yeah.